The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? I'm going to do a short intro, then we'll just get right into the interview with Monica Sabin. Uh, Monica's been on the podcast before talking about their work on the APP membership committee, uh, but now they're in a new role. Now they're APP president, which I think is awesome. Um, they talk a lot about the, the different work that took place over the, the past year or so. Uh, I was in the, the online APP membership meeting, uh, members meeting, talking about all the different progress. And I thought it was just really important to have Monica on to, to talk about all the different things that are going on behind the scenes so that you understand when you say um, the APP this, the APP that. Um, the APP is an overall membership organization, but uh, you know the people doing the work behind the scenes, it's a very small group of, of volunteers. And it's important to be able to put uh, a name and, and a voice to, to a lot of the work that's going on behind the scenes. So we talk about what's going on with the membership committee uh, to, to update. They have a new training manual and uh, we talk about really like what goes into the actual membership process, uh, not as an applicant, but uh, as that committee who processes all those applications. So that's a, a lot of great information. We talk about prepping for the, the APP's online curriculum classes, and those are still going to be available through the end of this year, through the end of 2020. So if you haven't already taken them, go to safepiercing.org and check those out on demand while you still can, because there's some great class content there. Uh, talking about um, different uh, like free things that you can utilize through the APP, like the procedural manual. Um, that's free. You can certainly make a, a donation to the APP to help support them, but uh, the manual is available for free for anyone with a, a financial hardship. Uh, and then uh, Monica also wanted me to mention that the uh, the apprenticeship guidelines have been updated for 2020, uh, and there's both a, an English and a Spanish version, and that's all free on the website too. So go ahead and check that stuff out. Uh, we dive deep into um, the clarification on the the APP member code of conduct and some bylaws updates. You know, it's technical stuff behind the scenes, but also things that are going to be very helpful and beneficial to the overall community and overall industry, like um, how to uh, communicate if you have. Of a harassment or abuse complaint, um, where to go to on the website to make sure that your uh, your issue is documented and that it's received by the board and um, different issues that, that go on with the, the logistics of something like that. So it's, it's a lot of technical information, but it's presented uh, by somebody who's always really fun, and really kind and nice to talk to. Stick around till the end and you can get some bonus anime picks straight from the APP president. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into this. Uh, I have a couple of plugs for, for things that I'll leave towards the end if you're interested in those, but let's get into the interview with Monica Sabin. Hello, my name is Monica Sabin. My pronouns are they, them. I have been a piercer for about 10 years now. Um, I am working in South Florida currently with Shorty at his new studio, Shorty Fine Jewelry and Piercing. Um, and I currently have the privilege of being the president of the Association of Professional Piercers. Um, what does that feel like? Because, uh, you know, I was on the board and I remember when I got elected, it was like this joyous, like, I'm an APP board member, this thing that I, I, you know, as a nerd, looked up to for a while. 
and now you're the the president of the organization. That's pretty cool. Um, it's still to this moment. Um, so I've been president since May of this year. Normally the transition happens at conference, as you know, uh, but with um, conference not taking place, um, everything's a little different uh, this year. Um, so it, it's surreal. I um, It's almost as if other people who served as presidents, I looked at them um, with such stature or like you know, this immense respect, um, uh, especially certain people. And, and now I'm like, oh, that's me. And, and it just is like, oh, I'm just a really uh, enthusiastic about piercing and helping the industry. And, uh, you know, um, it, it's a big deal. I don't want to <laughs> underplay no, it. It, it. it is a big totally deal agree. to me, but it doesn't, I don't, feel like I'm a big deal. <laughs> so, well, I you think know. you're a big deal and I've I've seen you do a lot of administrative work, a lot of it behind the scenes, a lot of it without fanfare, you know, like a, a ton of work with the, the membership committee in particular, you know, but um seeing you really go for a, a leadership role with the board and then um seeing that you were selected as president, you know, like it 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 all it's great to see it because like sometimes uh, you, you worry that maybe the, the really hard workers aren't going to get um, some of the opportunities that they deserve. And it's, it's nice to see you get, um, you know, there's, there's responsibility, I'm sure, but there's also a lot of rec um, uh, recognition for years of hard work as a presidency position. Yeah. And, and the hard work, you know, it, it hasn't stopped, stopped if, if only it's been greater just because of my own um, nature towards what I do. And I want to, you know, do the best that I can and give it as much time as I can. Um, and so yeah, I did, you know, I have been doing a lot of work as a volunteer and even on the board, I'm still a volunteer. I'm just an elected volunteer, um, but mostly behind the scenes because I'm not the type of person that like needs to be in the spotlight. Um, I would, I like contributing and working with others and I do like being in leadership roles, but not necessarily like the leadership role. And so, you know, pursuing the presidency uh, of the APP was more in a way of like, okay, well, I like, I'm good at communicating with many people and kind of um, facilitating projects and, and, uh, and, I, and all that stuff that comes with leadership, I, f I feel at least, um, you know, that that that's something I'm good at. And um, it's almost as, as if I sought it um, in spite of my um, desire to not be in the, sp the spotlight. Well, I think part of it, too, is um, when you when you want to contribute. Uh, sometimes you you have big plans as to how you want to contribute. And with the board, there's a little bit of fluidity as to like who goes into what role and everything. So uh, I think the presidency is uh, has historically been someone who who wants to move projects forward. They don't always come from a place of needing or wanting to be recognized for it. But I think um, people in the presidency role typically have big plans and, and want to make sure that they can see those big plans through. So I'm I'm really glad to see you in that position. Congratulations. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And I, you know, I thank the trust of my fellow board members um, 
the membership and, you know, everybody that, you know, supports the APP for, um, you know, for allowing me this opportunity. Well, uh, I want to talk about, well, you know, before, before we get into your like membership committee stuff, cause I have some questions I want to ask you about that. Uh, what was it like with just like the actual process of transitioning, like someone going into it who, who knows that there's a lot of responsibility and that it's, it's a big deal to be on the, the board of directors. You know, you're elected by, uh, by membership. So that means a lot of people are putting their trust in you. And did it feel almost kind of like a bit of a bummer the way it transitioned in? Because you didn't really get to take, not that you wanted necessarily a victory lap, but it feels nice going to conference and being, a board member at conference and kind of like feeling like you're, you're part of this big machine. And, but now it's kind of probably a lot of like zoom and like email stuff. So what, what did it yeah. feel like transitioning into it? Um, well, you know, so at last conference in 2019 is when I assumed my role on the board um, in my beginning, although the elections take place at the end of 2018, you don't assume your role until the conference that follows, so mm -hmm. 2019. So I did get to enjoy some of that, like, feeling like I was, you know, I helped. I mean, although I, I when you look at what everybody else is doing to make those events happen, I right. really, you know, I, you know, didn't do so much. But you, you do feel this, like, you know, achievement of like wow i am a part of this i have a say in this um you know people will you know maybe you know listen to my ideas um and and that you know that they matter um or that i can be a, you know have a seat at the table um as far as you know transitioning into the role of president and not having conference um first and foremost you know like having conference at that time with everything going on in the the world with the pandemic just was for me out of the question right yeah i felt the same um, way yeah, and, and as much as like I love conference, I've been going every year since um, 2011, mostly as a volunteer and, I, you know, working to make the conference run smoothly with a bunch of great other volunteers, you know, amazing people. Um, there is that like, <laughs> you know, um, part of me that was like, of course, the year that I become president yeah, is the year the cursed that, year. Yeah, is this year. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, you know, I knew that assuming the role in that timeline, too, of like what was happening was going to be challenging because of our industry being in um, all over the world, you know, restricted to varying degrees um, to people experiencing financial hardship um, to you know injustices being experienced um, in the United States like there there was a lot of you know unrest and I, I I knew that it would be hard for me personally you know because I was out of work as well um, uh, but I knew it'd be hard for the industry and I knew that 
people would be looking to the APP, um, especially, you know, leadership in the APP for guidance and resources and, and just some semblance of like normalcy, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I knew it would be challenging. Um, conference is nice, but, you know, keeping people safe is nicer. And um, that small little like, but this this was my year. I, I can, um, it, it, you know, not not nearly as important as everything else. And um, again, not really my, um, I almost feel like this was the year for somebody who is such a behind the scenes worker <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. to get a lot of stuff done. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, once we were able to negotiate out of our contractual obligations um, with the hotel and stuff for me to, you know, focus on the things, the projects, the things that I wanted to do that needed to be done, um, all that stuff. Well, this is, uh, I, I guess, if you can't say anything else nice about 2020, is it gives you lots of opportunity to handle your, like, long-term logistics. I definitely had more time. Yeah. Um, because so so um you know with the shutdowns of the studio i don't remember the exact date but i believe it was like mid-march we had closed um and then later um the state closed us down you know and um just like many people but we didn't really know like when we would reopen or how long this would really last you know, but I ended up um, up until actually uh, two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, you know, not working as a body piercer, being unemployed um, and, and trying to, you know, make sure that I, you know, I had what I needed and that bills were taken care of as far as me as a person. Um, but it gave me a lot of time to sit in front of my computer um, and, and, and on the phone and, and um, you know, to get a lot of things done. I think that's part of why I was able to, again, with the help of so many people do that is because I had that time. Mm -hmm. um, because you know this and, and other board members current and past know how hard it can be. I don't want this to be a pity party. I, I, I totally asked for this responsibility, um, but it can be difficult, you know, to balance, you know, being um, a volunteer in a leadership position on the board, um, balance your personal relationships, um, taking care of yourself and then giving your clients like everything you got mm -hmm. in that time that you're with them. Um, so I was able to accomplish, I feel like I was able to accomplish more because of that. Well, I, I think uh, uh, there were lots of people, there were, there were lots of people that felt kind of helpless in different ways. It, like for me, like I, uh, I, I need to go to work. I need the, the, the pattern of it. And, um, I need the, those customer interactions. Cause otherwise yeah. it's just like, I won't see another person face to face for like, you know, months. Um, so I, I think maybe having something like the work 
that was uh, needed to be done over the last six months and, you know, uh, however long never really ends, but having the time to do that, having something to feel like you're, you know, really contributing to something and you're making a difference with, with different issues. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there were good parts to it, if not like massively challenging parts. I, I came to realize though, just as you said, during all of this, you know, not being at work and really just diving into like 10, 11 hour days of, of computer or phone work, right? Um, that I needed the balance of going to the studio because yeah. it was kind of, they're both, they both serve as a break from each other um, or they fulfill me in different ways. And so I definitely felt that disbalance um, uh, or the effects of an unbalance rather. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, wow, I did not realize how much I needed to be at the studio as much as I wanted to, you know, be working on this other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I think every, every day, week, month that passes, we're going to head back to kind of where we want to be, but it's still yeah. a process. Yeah. And that's life, you know, it's a process and, um, and, uh, we're all kind of making the best of it, or at least, you know, trying to. So talk to me a little bit about membership committee work, because you just had a, a basically a, a training manual come out so that everybody who joins membership or moves into that knows what everybody else is doing, kind of like the decipher all the different work that's going on from lots of different people. So what's what's the membership committee like right now in, in a pandemic time? Are you getting more applications, less applications? Um, like what's, what's membership like on the inside right now? So um, first I'll talk about that and then I'll go kind of back to the manual. So right now I am not the membership liaison, but I am still a volunteer on the membership committee. Mm -hmm. uh, Pablo Perlmuter is the uh, current membership liaison. He also serves as the medical liaison yeah. and graphic design and website. And 10 he, other things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh so right now we are actually um, in this transitionary period um, because we um, kind of outgrew our membership software. So, mm -hmm. you know, when I first joined um, the membership committee, everything was kind of tracked um, through spreadsheets and whatnot. And, and that's reasonable when you have a hundred or 200, you know, members. Um, but, you know, then eventually we got membership software that served its purpose for us while we continued to grow. Um, and that was in, I want to say, and if I'm wrong, I'm sorry, um, maybe 2017. Well, I remember um, when I, when I was just coming in, um, that's when the member leap transition period was just happening. So I would, I would say right around there, like late 2016, early 2017, when it switched. Yeah. To and I think, you know, obviously there's a lot of research and development that goes into that. There's a lot of setup that goes into that, but the idea is that it, it, it improves um, the workflow for our administrators, which is very important. They do a lot, you know, for this organization. Um, and, uh, but also it makes the, 
it offers more out of a membership um, and uh, things are a little bit easier to track as piercers do what they do when they move studios or open new studios um, or change their memberships. Um, so right now we are at the like end phases of a, you know, integrating a new membership software with a different company. And that's been months in the making. And um, I've assisted in, in some level with that. Um, but again, a lot of work done by Pablo Perlmutter and um, Marina Pecorino and Caitlin McDermott, um, and I'm sure others as well. And so right now we are open for some types of applications, but not others as we kind of slowly roll out the new system because the database is connected to the application process. Mm -hmm. Um, so for like the last month or so, applications have been closed while we transition to the new database. Prior to that, we definitely saw a drop in new member applications um, since March. Um, again, COVID, right? Um, yeah. You know, people are out of their studios. But what we did see like a big increase in was people reaching out who wanted to use this time to make changes to their studios structurally or procedure wise or jewelry wise. And so they were using that time to like reach out to the volunteers of the committee and, and, and kind of, you know, get ready to apply. Mm -hmm. So, and that's continuing now. Um, we're just only seeing more and more inquiries about membership. Um, and assisting lots of people, honestly, all over the world in areas that I never thought, you know, not that I never thought, but that, you know, I'm sure in the inception of membership, we, you know, imagining having, you know, members in, in all these different parts of the world that yeah. we have, we have now. And, and um, so those have been on the rise. We've also seen more, um, you know, again, prior to closing off the applications, but since COVID or since the beginning of the year, um, a rise in like uh, folks applying for corporate sponsorship. Now, corporate sponsors, as you know, um, they're not members of the APP, but they are businesses that support the mission of the APP. So mm -hmm. they're supporters of ours and they're corporate. So they're corporate sponsors. They're sponsoring us, um, allowing us to continue doing the work to fulfill the mission. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with, um, you know, a lot of newer jewelry companies um, coming out and, and, and you know, uh, and, and selling to, you know, our industry. So we've seen more of those. Um, well, not to rush over that, but that's, that's a big win because for a long time, there was that small list of companies uh, that, that were making compliant jewelry that members could use. And I think more and more companies are, are entering um, this market space of realizing like, okay, there are a ton of APP members now, and there's a huge demand for this high quality jewelry. So we want to get in on that and we want to operate to the, the standards that the APP set forth. So that's great yeah. because they're supporting the, the, the piercers out there, but they're also supporting the APP and, and to, you know, to help spread that message. 
Yeah, it, it's great. And it's great to see. And, um, you know, part of some of the projects that we may get into later, you know, is, is um, you know, really defining mill certificate criteria, um, because there's a lot of like, um, confusion, I guess is the best word oh, about yeah. mill certificates. Um, because, you know, a company can claim something or they can have a piece of paper. Um, but there's more to that piece of paper to investigate other than it saying ASTM F136, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and so, you know, it's just another, to me, it, I viewed it as okay, there's a lot of people asking about this. This is just another learning curve for our industry um, to, you know, as we learn more about jewelry and, and, and what, is, what meets those standards and stuff. Um, so it, it's good to see more corporate sponsors and, and we hope to have kind of some enhanced jewelry information as well for our members, um, legislators, um, and, and, um, manufacturers who are looking to meet standards, uh, and, um, you know, the public, uh, that aren't members yet, piercers that want to meet standards. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. So, um, talk about the training manual. How did that come together? Um, so, uh, for, for a lot of, people, you know, I think, and reasonably so, there's sometimes a disconnect between like how things actually operate um, behind the scenes and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and, you know, it's a volunteer organization and volunteers, you know, they can kind of come and go over many, you know, the many years that we've had um, a membership committee. Um, and, uh, you know, there's lots of information about how to do things, but it's all kind of in different places. And yeah. in, the way my mind works is like, we need to organize this. And um, so this was something that was um, a brainchild of, of myself, but also Pablo um, to kind of put together everything in one place, um, a training manual. Uh, not, you know, it, it serves uh, the current volunteers of the committee, but also like we have to constantly be thinking of the future of the organization and the future of the committee, right. because, you know, there's, you know, people take, take breaks from service um, and understandably so. And so we need to be able to have a training manual for new incoming volunteers. Um, and so it is, I, I, I want to say it's like 40 something pages. <laughs> <laughs> just a tiny little document. This is small. It's small. It's just very thorough. And yeah. um, there's photos in it. So like a page is like sometimes just a photo. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I, I, it will need to be changed with every change that happens as far as software and all that stuff. Um, but I hope it's a good starting point for whoever is running or on the committee 
five years from now, 10 years from now. Um, and it's, it's just, again, as we grow as an organization, we need to, you know, have better infrastructure um, to support that growth. Well, you need to, you need to make sure that that information transfers from one generation to another. You don't want to have exactly. like lost information because just like you said, five years from now, it's going to be a completely different set, uh, maybe not completely, but mostly different set of volunteers moving the organization forward. And with all the work that's been done by this generation and previous generations, you don't want that, that, uh, that progress to be lost and people to have to move back and be like, well, no one ever taught me, you know, that this was going to be here in this, in this drive, or this is how you handle a video or something and stuff gets yeah. lost in the shuffle. So it's, it's great that you're laying down that work now because it's just going to make it a little bit easier for, for future generations to work efficiently. Yeah. And, and everything that I've been able to do involving that project or everything that Pablo and I were able to do with this project and, and really every project is, is not, would not be possible without the progress that was made by previous volunteers. And so, you know, we're constantly building on that. And again, not trying to lose information and and, and remain consistent, right? You know, Mm -hmm. um, as, as the years go by. Well, there also has to be a sense of fairness too. Like membership, the membership application can't be like one buddy letting the other buddy slide on something. So having everything documented and knowing that there's the credibility that everyone gets judged the same, everyone gets handled just as impartially, um, that yeah. just instills more confidence in the organization anyway. I'm, I feel really fortunate to work with all the volunteers on this committee because, you know, there's nobody on there that like, wants to try to do anything that's like under the table or underhand, you know, everybody Mm -hmm. wants to be fair and, and they want to help and they want to see piercers improve. Um, And, you know, we have certain protocols that have been in place for a long time to prevent kind of like the buddy thing, right. Mm -hmm. Or even members of the committee when they apply, you know, it's like, yeah, I know you have the right jewelry, but like, we're still going to need more invoices, Sure, you know, because, because yeah. if anything, I feel like we should be holding ourselves to the same standard, if not a higher one, oh, absolutely. Um, you know, on the committee. And, and I'm really glad that everybody is kind of, everybody's on the same page with that. And um, it's been really, it's been really, um, effortless to work with those individuals on that that committee that's great that's great so some of the other stuff i want to talk about and i don't want to i don't want to like overload people's brains with with how much the app has done uh in you know the last couple of months or the last year or so but it's just it's a lot of work and i I want to make sure that people understand how much work is out there you know um replacing conference that got canceled because of very viable and intolerable excuses you know um, transitioned it over into online learning essentials and just like the the massive weight and logistics that went behind the scenes for that, putting that together and uh, at the same time trying to write reopening protocols and suggestions for people to get back to work safely and uh, all those different things. So um, was it just like a little mind melting or was it was it manageable since uh, some of you weren't weren't working at, at, at full speed with uh, with your careers? I, I think for sure that, you know, 
not being in the studio gave us more time to do these things. But as you said, a lot of this stuff was kind of all happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I picture us, um, us being like me and anybody working on all of these projects, you know, it's that like, you're spinning the plates. Like you have those, <laughs> those like, sure. uh, That's a pretty and you're just like, Oh wait, this one. And then, Oh wait, this one, you know, and, and yeah. just trying to be as organized as possible. Um, so with the online event, you know, once we were able to negotiate, um, out of the contract for 2020, um, conference, you know, I'm not sure the origin of the idea. I want to say it was Becky Dill or somebody else on the curriculum committee, but um, I'll let's just say it was Becky. And um, Becky Dill is currently the secretary of the APP, was the vice president, and is the chair of the curriculum committee. A lot of multitasking. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of multitasking going on. Um, and, and education, you know, that's it's one of the things that the APP is for. It's what it's here for. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, after we had negotiated out of the contracts and we knew, okay, this is not happening, we're not gonna be forced to have it. Um, we, me and Becky got together with, again, the help of our administrators, um, and, and volunteers and, and other board members to start putting together. We didn't want it to be a replacement to conference because nothing can replace conference. Right. But we wanted to provide education. Um, we wanted to, you know, keep it low in cost um, for, you know, those that are likely experiencing financial hardship and to make it accessible, you know, because not everybody can, can get out to Vegas uh, for different reasons from other countries. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the thing is the APP to my knowledge has never really built an online event like that. And so it was definitely building an event from square one and, um, it was uh, like co-developed between myself and Becky Dill, again, with the help of many people um, to, you know, also with the help of all of our presenters who on short notice were like, hey, can you teach this class? Oh, hey, can you put this material together, you know, yeah. and, and try and come up with, you know, classes that we felt could translate well online and would give a variety of educational knowledge um, or, you know, provide a, a variety of education um, and also stuff that was timely to uh, what was going on with the pandemic. Um, a lot of the reason why we were able to put this event together so quickly, I think, is because of the free webinars that that Becky had put together, mm -hmm. um, again, with a lot of help from um, John Johnson and all of the presenters um, that we had for those for those courses. Um, so we were able to kind of like, unknowingly, that wasn't the intent. We were just like, let's give people something, some semblance of normalcy, um, access to information about peer seeing um, let's see how this goes right and, and hope that it's helpful for people because 
it's easy to get down when like the one thing you've been doing for a very long time and your source of income, you can't do it anymore. And so, well, I think uh, a lot of people have appreciated it. I, I, yeah, I was fortunate enough to be part of both the webinar version and the, the online essentials curriculum. And, um, you know, a lot of people said that it really meant something to them to be able to feel normal and get some education and keep moving forward and uh, feel connected to that that community still. So I, I think a lot of people really appreciated the work you all put in. Yeah. And, and um, you know, it was good for us too to be doing something like that when, when, you know, you're like, there's a lot of work to be done as far as the APP and stuff, but, you know, to make sure that we're fulfilling our mission, but also, you know, helping in a time where a lot of us are struggling. Yeah. Um, and, and with that, we were able um, to put together a scholarship for 200 people um, across wow. the world um, who um, were experiencing financial hardship and were unable to pay for the courses um, that were in the industry and piercers, they met the requirements. Um, 200 people were able to get access for free to that education. That's incredible. Um, so we, you know, we wanted it to be low cost, but we also wanted to, you know, get people in there that really needed it yeah. um, and, and couldn't afford it. Well, it's great that you could you could put that information out there because there are some people, uh, where, wherever they are in the world or uh, career status, financial status, family status, whatever, they might not ever be able to get to the APP conference in Las Vegas. So it's great to bring a little bit of that conference to, to the people out there in the world through the internet. Yeah, there, there was a lot of that in mind in much of what we've been trying to do as far as the education over the, you know, the beginning of the year and through the summer um, and the classes, the courses um, from that event, I just want to mention, they're still available on our website um, through our online learning platform, Litmos. If you go to safepiercing.org, um, you can still purchase the recordings of those classes. And if you purchase the recordings, um, you have access to these courses until um, the end of December. That's great. Yeah. So, I mean, if you haven't already gotten the chance to see them, I would say definitely jump on them because I would imagine next year, whether it's more online stuff or more in-person stuff, it's going to be a whole new batch of education. I would imagine it's going to get refreshed uh, year to year. So, uh, yeah. Take the chance now. You know, if you still have two months to, to check it out, I would say jump on there, uh, safepiercing.org and, and check it out. Thank you. Yes. So uh, another great thing too, which is also free to people now is the APP procedural manual. So like I, I think anybody even loosely connected to the APP as a volunteer or, or, or member, you get constant questions of like, hey, what's the APP's opinion on this? And hey, what does the APP think about that? And what I love to be able to do now is just send them the link to the manual and be like, if they have a stance on something, it's in here. It's in the procedural manual. You can download it and read it for free. Yeah, it was really important. Um it was really important to me and, and to, to others on the board that, you know, in light of COVID, but also in line with our mission, that people have access to this information. And, you know, of course, the lights don't keep themselves on and, mm -hmm. and um, administrators, you know, don't get, don't pay themselves, right? But, um, 
you know, I, I think that this, this is a huge thing that we were able to release the digital download of it for free. And, and if you feel inclined or if you're able to, or if you want to, you can, you have the option in the store amount for the download, but it's absolutely not necessary. It's there if you need it. Um, if you know a piercer that, you know, could benefit from, from it, just like Ryan, you said you were doing, send them the link, you know, it's, it's completely free now. Um, and, and it, and it, it is the 2013 edition. It's the most recent edition of it. Um, but we're currently working on updating parts of it piece by piece, you know, to, to, to again, um, give the most update health and safety information. Um, and, and once that happens, you know, we'll make that available as well. Yeah, I, I think uh, that's another important thing to, to constantly keep moving forward is the procedural manual because things change so much. Uh, and, but I would imagine it would be a huge amount of work for that, that next volume of the procedure manual. So have fun with that. Um, Thank you. I will. No, we will. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of great people that are working on on this kind of stuff. Actually, yeah. you know, like right now, um, including Brian Skelly, uh, Christina Blossi, Pablo Perlmuter, and and additional volunteers. Um, and we're always looking for you know for 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 assistance with this stuff because it's a group effort with this organization. And so, you know, we definitely are happy to receive proposals if you're somebody that's versed in the procedure manual or you're reading it for the first time and you have input as far as updates, um, definitely send them our way, you know. Um, we can definitely, we can do more together. Um, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. So if, if somebody wanted to send something like that, you know, if they have this half page document notes and like, oh, hey, you know, I, I think that maybe you should clarify this or updated this, or wouldn't it be great if the APP uh, documented their position on X, Y, or Z? Uh, where, would, where would they send something like that? So you can send anything um, that's intended to the board or specific committees or subcommittees or teams. You can send it to secretary at safepiercing.org and um, it will get um, it'll get sent to the board. It'll get sent to the relevant uh, parties and stuff. That's going to be the best way to do that. Um, and, and we welcome it. We we welcome that feedback. So this kind of leads me into the the next part, and it's it's a it's a really serious topic, and uh, lots of different things have come up. Um, social justice and harassment issues, uh, conduct issues, things like that. So now uh, on the APP website, there's also uh, a page on there where you can read uh, exactly how to submit something to the APP if you had uh, a complaint. Um, and and I, I really want to just put it on people's minds, like sending somebody a, a Facebook message or posting something in a, a, a comment thread doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to get to the people that you want to see it. So if you do want to contact the organization, there are official ways to do it. And now there's a, a pretty clear cut way on the, the website. So um, how did something like that get put together? Because I would imagine there were probably a, a lot of cooks in the kitchen on that one. I know that you talked to uh, 
uh, outside advisors, professionals, counselors to, to get the information to, to put online. So how did some of that stuff start to come together? So the document kind of started with like, you know, what are some things that are, you know, common questions that we get about contacting the APP? What are some misconceptions about um, contacting the APP or how this stuff works? And, you know, um, I was talking to uh, Jeff Saunders, Becky Dill, and, and a lot of people on the board about it. And I just kind of started typing. Um, and, you know, I, re I, I feel strongly about these types of issues, you know, and, and the seriousness of them. Um, but also recognize that the APP um, has specific uh, legal obligations and specific limits, like practical limitations, right? We're body piercers. And so um, that is when, you know, we've reached out to other organizations. Um, we've developed relationships over the years with um, like the director of um, sexual violence prevention at uh, Kansas State University or the University of Kansas. And um, um, she's been extremely helpful with us and she's provided classes at conference and whatnot. Um, so we started reaching out to people because, you know, it's not our area of expertise and um, we know kind of what we want to do, but how do we do it? Um, in addition, we've reached out to um, um, justice organizations for harassment and abuse survivors. Um, and, and, you know, there's a lot of research that went into it, a lot of communication that went into it. Um, and so, you know, the page is intended to first just address the issue, right? The issues that are, are prevalent in, you know, in other industries, but also definitely in ours, and um, to address them, define them, uh, talk about how these things can take place in a studio, um, and then you know provide resources because again, we're not those experts. There are definitely people out there and organizations that do specialize in this kind of stuff. And so we thought it was important to have a lot of resources available to people whether their issue was something that the APP um, had jurisdiction over or not, right? We, we want people to have that. We think it's important. And then finally, you know, to, to just outline some of the basics of, of um, filing a report with the APP. And so, you know, if you have questions about, you know, confidentiality or uh, what the process is like and who can file a report and, and all that stuff, um, it's all there. And I, I just, we thought it was very important to kind of have that there again in one place and that was accessible to everybody. Well, that's great. I think there was a, uh... 
There's a lot of passion. And sometimes if people don't know where to direct their passion, sometimes it can kind of turn into frustration. Uh, so I think it's good to just clarify where, you know, if you have a, an, an issue and you need that issue uh, shared, this is the way to do it. And this is the way to know that it will be seen by someone and that you'll be heard. And uh, yeah. so I think it's great to clarify that. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's, there's resources for those who have caused harm, those who have been harmed, mediation, um, hotlines and stuff like that, you, you know, um, and, and I agree, it's important for us to clarify this stuff and to have it available because, you know, we just end up answering those questions anyways, which isn't a problem, but it's like, okay, if we are getting asked some of the same questions, let's just put it out there. Mm -hmm. Well, you know? sometimes too, if someone is nervous to talk to someone, um, having the information online where they can understand things like confidentiality and who's going to see a report, you know, who are you going to be talking to on the other end? I, I think that can put a lot of people at ease too. Yeah. It's not easy, you know, addressing, you know, harms that have been done, um, it's not easy taking action on them um, and, and the immense bravery that it takes to do so. And so anything that can, you know, ease the process, provide information, provide resources, you know, we want to do that. That's great. That's great. And you, you also um, clarified kind of a member code of conduct, which is good too, because I think, as long as I've been a part of it, I think the APP has had this general air of like, well, you know, just don't be a dick, you know, and but I think it's good to have something on like, you know, something documented that's just like, these are the ways that we do not want you to be a dick. Yeah, and, and a lot of the thanks to that actually goes to like, um, to we had a health and safety agreement uh, for years. And then um, on the board where I believe it was Jeff Saunders was the president, um, he did a lot of the groundwork for a lot of these things that again, the, the progress that we've made now would not have been possible without the past board and past um, board members, you know, putting in this work and developing these relationships with outside experts. So we had a member code of conduct that, um, was effective starting in 2019, um, and and you know just like anything, I, it's 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 very important to review your policies, your procedures regularly um, to see where you're at with them and and what what you can change, what you can update, um, and so took that groundwork and just added added some more stuff. Great, that's great. Um, that's really all I have for talking about like serious stuff. Uh, so tell me about what, uh, what Shorty's new place is like. Uh, it's really nice. It's, um, it, it is very clean and mm -hmm. fancy looking and it's a piercing only studio. Um, and, um, you know, me and Shorty have been friends for a long time. Um, I, I think, I think I'm the, like I convinced him to go to conference or mm -hmm. to apply for the Aldi scholarship. Um, and so, you know, we've been colleagues and friends for a long time now. And um, he definitely does everything 
you know, if there's a requirement, he wants to go like above that. Yeah. It's great to work alongside that because I don't have to worry about, you know, um, the health and safety of the studio, of the clients, um, and to kind of be on the same page with somebody. Mm. Uh, and that's not to say that I've had bad experience. I, I don't want that to sound like um, had bad experiences at previous employers or anything like that. Um, I did recently make a big move move from California to Florida and Florida is actually where I'm from and where I started piercing. Um, and it was, you know, it, it was not an easy decision to leave Long Beach and to leave New Flower because again, I, you know, I had an excellent time working there an excellent boss, um, and coworker and, um, and have nothing but amazing things to say about that studio and the people that work there. Um, so it's good to go from that to something where I'm also feel comfortable and, and like what I'm doing is, is safe. Well, I, I feel like any piercer who's worked in a, a multitude of studios uh, kind of has that feeling of like, all right, we're all on the same team or like I'm kind of working with, some disadvantages almost, you know, sometimes shops are like, it's very much a tattoo shop that has some piercing, or sometimes it's a piercing shop that has maybe like one piercer who wants it done a certain way and maybe is a little bit um, uh, slow to, to bring in new information. So I think to, to work in the studio environment where you know that it, like everybody just wants the best of the best for, for safety and, and for, for happiness, um, that's like a totally different environment. For, for some people. So it's great that you're kind of still in, in one of those like nurtured piercing environments. Yeah, I'm extremely fortunate that, you know, throughout my career, I have been able to um, work or guest spot at, at so many amazing studios that uphold, you know, these standards. Um, and, uh, you know, I feel fortunate um, and I am happy to be where I'm at right now. That's great. Well, uh, is there anything else, anything else on your mind? Anything else you want to talk about? Mm. What is the best anime that you've watched during the pandemic? There's this newer, there's a couple of them. So uh, I have Crunchyroll and um, they put out like, you know, a series um, themselves because they're usually it's a bunch of stuff from other production companies and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's this one called Tower of God, which is very good. There's only one season of it. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, there is a Misfit at a Misfit King of uh, Demon Academy. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Don't judge me based off of my anime choices. Um, there's a new season of ReZero, Starting Life in a New World. Um, and uh, I just watched, I know it's been out for a while, is um, uh, re uh, Reincarnated as a Slime. Okay. <laughs> So those are my, right now, my recommend. Oh, and Food Wars. Food Wars just had, it's like, I think on four, fifth, it's on its fifth season. It, is that an anime um, so or is that like a cooking show? Uh, it is both. 
Okay. <laughs> um, it is uh, an anime about a cooking school, and there's like competitions of cooking, and um, uh, <laughs> okay. uh, I thoroughly I've learned a lot about food. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I I I really enjoy that series. Um, so that they just had their finale for the fifth season. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You heard it here, folks. I know it's controversial, but those are some really oh good animes. Gosh. It, yeah. In my opinion, take it or leave it. It's okay. There's going to be if you anime want to send nerd. Angry anim, uh, any angry anime based emails to president at safepiercing.org and debate the APP's position on anime preference. <laughs> uh, subs before dubs, always. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, so let's end it there. Um, do, do you have any, uh, any, any social media or anything you want to plug, yours or the shops? Yeah, yeah. Um, so for more about me and my piercing work, um, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is at ohaisenpai. It's O-H-H-A-I-S-E-N-P-A-I. Um, I recently built my own website, which was it's not, it's, it's okay. Um, <laughs> I will get somebody to help me um, eventually. Everybody but says it, that. And then like five years goes by and they're like, and oh, it's really my website. Yeah. And that uh, my website is monicasabin.com. How'd you come up with that? Uh, you know, it was hard. <laughs> I actually did a Google, like when I Googled like um, website name generator. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It, it seemed good. Wow, it's weird that the <laughs> generator came up with your exact name. I know, I know. <laughs> Perplexing. Um, and then for more information about the APP, um, safepiercing.org, um, we are working on a new website as well. Um, so be on the lookout for that. We're hoping that it helps to um, organize information better, um, appeal, you know, kind of sections for our different audiences because the APP, you know, we speak to piercers, we speak to healthcare professionals and legislators, and then we speak to the general public. Um, so there is a team of people putting in a lot of work to make that happen. And I'm really excited for that. Um, you can find the same information on our current website though. So safepiercing.org, eventually it'll get a facelift and um, I, I invite you to check it out. That's great. Well, uh, so let me say thanks for, uh, for doing all this work and making sure that the APP keeps moving forward even when like the world is ending. So uh, I definitely appreciate that. Thank you. I, um, I will continue to do my best and give it my all and, um, you know, with, with compassion and kindness and, um, determination and, and crunchy rolling. and some anime breaks in between. Boom. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for talking to me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I, um, and letting me talk about some of what I've been doing. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I feel like we could probably 
go for like another hour with all the other like behind the scenes stuff. But yeah, I think it's good just to like get, get people an idea of when people say, oh, the APP, it's like, it's a small group of people who really care about piercing doing this work and moving this stuff forward. So I, I like people to kind of be able to put a, a face or a voice to it. Yeah, I I think it's important to, you know, because th there are people behind all this and, 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 you know, doing a lot of work and, and all, and all in the name of, you know, making things better, making improvements, um, and, and, you know, uh, <laughs> stuff, <laughs> stuff. Yeah. You know, I, just, just trying to do, and we have a lot of people that, um, myself included that, uh, you know, we tend to work more than we than we probably should yeah but if you didn't who would yeah someone else well <laughs> <laughs> someone else please it's your turn all right well uh thanks for talking to me monica and uh let's talk again soon yeah that sounds good cool. bye ryan bye All right. Thanks for talking to me, Monica. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. To give you a couple of like plug things, um, I've got some new Statum Cult merch on my website, precisionbodyarts.com slash shop. I did um, a zip up hoodie as I record this. Uh, I haven't gotten them yet, but I should be getting them within a few days of this podcast uh, publishing. So you can go there and check them out. I, I got a bunch for people on pre-order, but then I ordered about two dozen extra in various sizes. So if you're interested in one, I would say check out precisionbodyarts.com slash shop uh, through like early to mid-November. They should be on there. You can also get the uh, the enamel pin that I made, the Statum Cult enamel pin of uh, a Statum cassette. You can go to uh, patreon.com slash ryanpba and my new two-hour blood seminar is on there. If you want, you can just get one month and cancel or you can continue on for a while. I'm trying to get some more content up on there. And I want to let everybody know, kind of like uh, you heard it here first, I'm going to do a free class on statums. It's going to be a theme class that I'll, I'll put on demand on Patreon um, after I record it. But for the live version, I'm just going to have that one be um, like free. So keep your eyes peeled for the uh, Body Art Education by Ryan Willette Facebook page and the Piercing Wizard Podcast Facebook page. Um, probably on my own personal Instagram too, Ryan PBA, and I'm going to post an RSVP link, sign up on there and you'll get a free invitation whenever I do uh, announce that. I'm probably going to do it sometime around mid-November, so uh, you get to hear about it first on there. So thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with another episode of Ryan and Lola's New Normal. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.